Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano. Uh, thanks everyone for listening and sticking with us through these tough times. We really appreciate your support and every single listen means the world to us. Alex Miller, thanks for joining me as always. Uh, happy to be here, Cat. Very excited for almost the end of the uh, regular season here in football land. Only one round left and lots to talk about in round 17 on and off the field. Alex Doherty, the year's coming to a close. It looks like the doggies are going to be finals bound this year. Yeah, don't don't put the house on it, Cat. Um, <laughs> look, we still we still have one game to go. All we have to do is win. And uh, well, I've been saying it last week and a bit now. Uh, it, it's it's in their hands. So all we have to do is beat the Freo Dockers. Won't be an easy task, but you know, all, all, game. all it takes all massive it takes game. is a win. All it takes is a win. It is a massive game because you're playing them over in Perth, aren't you? And uh, if no, you're going to no. be playing, f- no, no, it's in Cairns. Oh, it's in Cairns. It's in the <laughs> in the torrential conditions in Cairns. It's in Cairns, and it is going well. <laughs> I, 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 did, I did say that in the episode. I did say that in the podcast last week that uh, we yes. are playing in Kazali Stadium <laughs> in the monsoon. In the monsoon, uh, torrential downpour. Um, <laughs> otherwise, it's a nice little location. Well, lots of big games coming up for round 18, but first we'll look back at round 17 with the round that was, of course. And we start on Thursday night with what was a huge game for the uh, state of the top eight. And unfortunately, the Saints could not secure their final spot and their season's still in danger. Going down to the Eagles by 15 points, 6-14-50 to 9-11-65. Miller, you called for Andy, Andy Gaff to have a huge game and he delivered... He did. He delivered indeed. He was very, very good cat. I was impressed. I've always been a critic of Andy Gaff in terms of his contested work. Obviously, he's a winger, so it's not his job. But in a game where the midfield was depleted, uh, obviously no Red and no Shuey. Um, no Yo. And, um, yeah, no Yo. So there's plenty of cattle down. And, and Dom Sheed didn't play as well. So I thought Gaff did really well. He had 13 of his 33 contested possession. Um, 67% in the wet's pretty good. Eight score, eight intercepts, sorry, five score involvements, three inside 50s, um, four tackles, three marks. So really impressed. Probably one of the better guys I've seen him play this year. But Tim Kelly, Doc, was on a mission. Um, oh, mate. Just a one-man midfield, and he did exceptionally well. Yeah, he did so well, Tim Kelly. And last, and last week following the game against the Dogs, I was a bit unimpressed with how how he went about it, you know, he got showed up by um, the doggies midfielder midfield, midfield brigade, and he had to stand up this week because, as you said, it's a, it's almost basically a waffle midfield <laughs> with with him in there. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, he had thirty disposals, nine clearances, boys, fifteen contested. I was going to yep. say that last quarter, he put the team on his back, and I reckon half of those clearances came in the last. Yeah, I, I reckon so. I mean, I mean that that first quarter from. That first quarter was pretty much dominated by St Kilda, and I think it, it, it's got to be a credit to the the entire West Coast Twenty Two, because they, that nobody gave them a sniff because they they had a lot of, as you said, there were a lot lot of players out, a lot of their first choice players out, and you know some some of these boys that probably probably wouldn't be in their best Twenty Two, they had had some decent games. I thought yeah, Jackson Nelson did some nice things. Uh, your mate Tom Barras, Alex Miller. Was was outstanding in the yeah. absence of uh, of Jeremy McGovern when he went off with that hamstring. Uh, Brayden... He was huge. He was absolutely huge, Doc. I just think um, Barras has always been a, a handy intercept player in terms of assisting McGovern. But 
I think he showed that he's he's more than the second wing cat. He he can he can do that intercept stuff and you know Oscar Allen as well, boys, a guy that we've loved all year. Oh, There's also like about this young team, O'Neill as well. I thought Braden Ainsworth, cat, uh, I mm. mentioned to you boys, did an exceptional job on Zach Jones. Yeah, he yeah, did. He was, he was very good, um, Ainsworth. I thought a lot of the guys that they brought in uh, this week who maybe would have just been, you know, filling their role and will come out when the likes of, you know, all those midfields that we mentioned before and McGovern come back in. But I think, yeah, everyone really pulled their load. Uh, Brayshaw, probably one that didn't see the footy all too much. Um, and he probably won't get another go at it, unfortunately, in that midfield group. But yeah, Ainsworth's very, very good. Uh, just a whole team performance in the end, I yeah. thought. I was, I was going to say, Hamish Brayshaw only played about fifty-eight percent of the game. Yeah. So, oh. So that I mean that that's a bit that's a bit strange. But um, I mean, probably question marks over his fitness. He hasn't played at AFL level pretty no. well for his whole career so far. <laughs> he might have been gassed after the first five minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's an yeah, intense game. Exactly. So, but what about as well, Shannon Hearn, Doc? It's so important to have him come back into the fold. He's just such a consistent player. Yeah, he's a very consistent player, Shannon Hearn, and you know, he's a he's still such an important piece in that in that defensive half. I mean, we we saw him give up the captaincy last year, and you know. And as as we've uh, as we've seen and talked about on on the show so many times, you know he's. He he stands up as a leader when he needs to, and even even now when you know he's you know in in the twilight of his career, he's he's still he's still managing to um churn out some really solid performances. I mean, he had nine nine rebound fifties, mm. seventeen seventeen kicks from seventeen disposals. Wow, <laughs> man likes to kick. He can tell so well when you've got a boot like him. Why wouldn't you? Speaking he, of kicking along, how many years has he got left? Do you reckon, boys? Two. Uh, I, I I still think I still think he has another one at least. He might 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 go around another couple. Um, I reckon Hearns. Yeah, he's one of those players that he'll uh, <laughs> you'll let him call time when he wants to because now he's thirty three, <laughs> but he's still playing like he's about twenty five. I'll, I'll so. tell you when I want to leave. <laughs> he could very well what make about it the Saints. I've 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 just got one more player, up, boys. Oh, yeah, I, sorry, I, mate. I, I, just, I want I want to touch on the game of Nick Natanui because I thought oh. he was. He was outstanding. We talk about Tim Kelly being a one a one man wrecking crew basically in that last quarter, but I thought Nick Nat his work um, after his second and third efforts after after ruck contest were absolutely outstanding. He had sixteen of his eighteen disposals were contested possessions, and he also he, he sma- smashed Paddy Ryder and and Barge Marshall in the rucks thirty three hitouts, and also had nine clearances and seven inside fifties. So. Wow. That's as a ruckman, those numbers are huge, and we forget how oh, yeah. invaluable Nick Nat is to that side. Mm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, pe- people would people would think that, yeah. Look, Nick Nick Nat's good for a leap and a, and a hit out, and that's about it. But you know, if you give if you give him the space and you give him the time, he's he's so much he's so much more than that. He's very destruct destructive when he has the ball in his hands. Yeah, and I thought it was a good battle in the ruck in general. But let's talk about the Saints boys. Obviously, Jack Steele, the headline, he has had a huge season, All-Australian contention for sure, Doc. 26 touches, um, six tackles, eight clearances. He's really shown as well the last month. I think Rats has given him a rest from a run-with roll and just let him sort of play through the midfield. So I thought he was really good along with um, Hunter Clark. But I don't know. I think wasteful opportunities, Cat, would be how you'd sum mm. up the game. I was going to say... The most concerning thing for me, the Saints were on top for a lot of the game. I thought all the way up until about uh, three-quarter time, even though 
you know, the scoreboard doesn't show it and the Eagles mm. wasted their chances too. Um, the Saints looked at the better team uh, and the stats reflect it. They won the inside 50 count. They won the tackle count. They won the clearance count. Um, so their midfield was performing, which is pretty uh, pretty valiant effort considering the outs that they've got too. But just those inside 50s and the wasted kicks for goal, you just can't be doing that come finals time. And I think if the Saints mm. do that against anyone that they're going to come up against in finals, they do it against Collingwood, who's back nearly at full strength uh, mm. now, then I think they lose that game. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting as well, Doc, because if you looked at Max King's shots, all four of them were gettable. Like, right. he, uh, he should have kicked four goals, really. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a very uh, unlike Max King game from him. Because yeah. usually, usually, usually he's a, a very a very clean set shot at goal and, you know, four behinds. I, I think it's just going to be one of those games for him. You know, he's still really young. He's, in, he's technically in his first season. So... And in the wet, you know that that ball will do anything from yeah. skidding around, skidding around the ground. You'll probably lose a bit of grip when if you're um having set shots. I know I've certainly had my experiences with um with a wet footy. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just got to say, boys, that that first half is is got to be so concerning if you're um a St Kilda supporter. I mean, that first quarter, you really should you really should have found yourself up by a lot. Um, you know, a lot more than 10 points. I mean, they had eight scoring shots for three, five, and they went inside 50, 15 times to West Coast six. And in that second quarter, the roles were reversed. You know, West Coast had had nine more inside 50 entries in the second term. So, look, I, I think St Kilda is still a, a really young team. And I, that's, yeah. And a lot of people fail, you know, might, might might see past that a little bit, but they're still like a very, very, you know, young and inexperienced team. You know, guys like, you know, Caulfield, uh, King as well, Ben Long still relatively young, Barge Marshall still relatively young. I tell you what, Ben Payton's doing all right. He's a handy little, handy little uh, defensive pocket. Mm, yeah, he's been solid, but <laughs> I think back to your point about the young guys, you're sort of seeing it. We talked about it before we uh, went to the show about how. Some of these young guys haven't really tapered off, but you can see the fatigue, I think, of a, of a long, you know, physically season, obviously with the hub situations and being away from your loved ones for a fair amount of time. I think um, the week off cap will certainly benefit this Saints team, I think, more than they know in terms of getting a bit more vibrance. Oh, definitely. A lot of the older guys have even said, you know, they're struggling with, you know, keeping their bodies up to scratch week in, week out. Um, and obviously for the younger guys, it's probably a bit more exciting to be, you know, travelling around everywhere across Australia for footy. But yeah, it does take a toll. And I just think the week off could do them well. I just think the way that they're tracking, a lot of these guys, or pretty much the entire team, hasn't played uh, finals in this mm. lineup, And that's what worries me for them come week one, especially against an experienced side like the Pies. Um, you know, that you look at the list and pretty much Ryder, Brad Hill... Uh, some of the only players in there that have actually played finals, Butler too. Butler, yeah. Um, Dougal Howard played a couple of finals, one or two, I think, maybe. Uh, he might have. He, I don't, he I might have. I don't know if he was too young when Port were uh, when they still smashed those finals there. But um, <laughs> what, what about Jack Billings, boys? Suppose the last point before we get to our next game is, I talked to you guys earlier in the season. I said he was all showing contention, but. You go back more to the forward line in particular, and I'm not sure if that's a go. At the moment, 
Yeah, we, we, we have touched on Jack Billings so many times in the past and we've all come to the consensus that, you know, he's a much better player in the middle as opposed to playing up forward because, look, there's no there's no doubt Jack Billings gets into the right spots if he's a, a forward, but if he's... If, if if he's having shots on goal, he, you you wouldn't you wouldn't put your house on him to um to nail him. You know, he's mm. he's a very he's still a very inconsistent shot on goal. Um, but yeah, look, I, I don't I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think maybe this is part of what Cat was saying earlier about um the young blokes fatiguing a little bit. And you know, Jack Billings is still relatively young. He's what twenty four, twenty five now. He's yeah. he's just about enter, he's just about ready to enter the prime stages of his career. So. Uh, I don't know what you boys think. Also, also, can I just uh, m- mention that Dougal Howard has played in the final. He played in the uh, the twenty seventeen overtime oh, overtime game against West Coast. Yeah, uh, so yes. you'd be. I, I think they've got a few finals experienced players, but these are all guys that they've pretty much traded in this year. That's right. You'd Very be counting on them come finals time, though, considering they've stood up a lot this year, and you'd be hoping that you know Hill and Ryder would be getting the getting the young boys up and about and. Letting them know what it means to have the opportunity to play finals. Well, Zach, I'm Jones, sure. Zach, Zach Jones as well. He's played. He's played in the grand final. Yeah, yeah Jones too. That's true. I'm sure they'll be hungry, boys. That's for sure. That's oh, they will. Question about that stage thing. All right. Well, speaking of finals, we've got a game that basically had finals on the line for two teams here, the Giants and the D's, and it almost seemed like neither of them actually wanted to make the finals the way they were <laughs> playing the game. But the D's got it done in the end, 12-7-79 to 11-8-74. Doc, I know you've got a much higher opinion of this game than me and Miller do. Yep. Um, no, look, I, was, I re- really enjoyed this game. Alex Miller's been very adamant in saying that uh, it's, not, it's, not game of the, it's not a game of the year candidate. And oh, look, may, may, maybe not. A lot of, lot of scrappy, um, scrappy disposal. But I, I was very encouraged with this game, boys. It was... You know, if you if you watched it as closely as I did on Saturday night, you, you'd see that um all all these boys, you know, they were putting they were putting them putting their bodies on the line. They were trying trying to do what they could to get their side over the line. I think Melbourne probably the better team on the night because I think they started well, were challenged were challenged uh, all throughout the game by GWS. You know, that third quarter in particular, I thought they mm. it start they started like they were gonna it, it was almost as if they were gonna fall asleep switch and then. That that final quarter, uh, Simon Goodwin actually delivered one of his best pep up talks in in his coaching career, and, and didn't know Robin, he was capable of them. But yeah, didn't didn't think that didn't think that was possible either. But um, here we are. It's yeah, twenty twenty. <laughs> it's twenty twenty. It's the year of unpredictability. So uh, well done, Melbourne. <laughs> uh, but um, oh look, we we, we got to touch on we got to touch on the Giants first, boys. I think that the, the whole. The whole thing we're, we're talking we're talking off here a lot about uh, the dropping of Stephen Canelio as the captain. Mm. Uh, look, it's a, it, look. I understand what GWS were trying to do. They were, um, you know, that they've been very very patchy this year and very disappointing. So and Leon Cameron had to had to make some, had to make a big call. But to do to drop the to drop the captain is probably the worst call you can make in in footy. And I know you you think I I know you think of that as well, Alex Miller. Yeah, I think um, the biggest concern for me, boys, is how Stephen Canelio can now face this group as a so-called leader and and have that mutual and deserved respect that a captain uh, should have. And I can't 
because if he says to the players, you know, I'm holding you to this standard, we need a lift, they can just say, well, why should I listen to you? The coach doesn't even want to play you or you're not holding up to your end of the bargain in terms of being their leadership. So I don't know where they're at as a club. There's also been talk about um, the off-season cap where some of those players mm. have openly said they're going. Yeah. There's been some mistalking in the group. But I just think for Coniglio, it's almost um, demeaning in a respect to become captain in your first year and be dropped in a do-or-die game. I understand what you said, Doc. It should be a dropping, but not in a must-win game to secure a potential final berth. So It's one of those things that has a really high chance to backfire, and it definitely did for most of this game. You mm. saw they were very, very uh, slow starters to this game, the Giants. The Ds got out really strong in the first quarter. Um, and I don't know if, like... They've, it seems like they've really struggled, the Giants, this year with that just getting up and about on field and, you know... We've, we've seen it with, you know, when Toby Green's out and they seem to struggle uh, with the morale. So, I don't is know if desire you... desire to win, Cap? Is it, the, is it the passion to actually want to win? Or is it... Well, that's is, it. So many, they... guys, so many yeah. guys wanting to leave the Giants. You have to wonder if, you know, it's, it's taken an impact. And a lot of these guys just sort of see it as, you know, oh, we'll do our time at the Giants for a few years and then make our way to the club that we actually want to go to. You know, especially the young blokes like Haitley and Caldwell and O'Halloran who... Mm. Rumours are already swirling around, you know. It looks like they found a couple that actually want to be there in Hopper and Taranto. Um, but you just got to wonder what's going on inside the Giants. Yeah. I, I, it's a broken culture right now, I think. And it, it, I think it does stem back to the appointment of Cornelio's captain because we've, we've said it time and time again, boys. It's, you know... It, it, I reckon Ward and Davis could have gone around for another couple of years as captain. Definitely. As, as, as co-captains, Easily, yeah. at, at least. And, you know, and, we, and we've seen Cornelio form this year and it hasn't translated to... He's, he's a great player. And, we, and we've, we've said that as well time and time again. But he, it, as a leader, I don't think he's, cut, he's, he's cutting the mustard. It's probably the, the wrong choice. Yeah. Um, and back to your point, it's... It, it, it is it is kind of demeaning, and, and I tell you what, in a close game like this, they, they would even if Canelo was that's right. in in some in some bad form, they could have used. He would have made a difference. He could have they, they could have <laughs> used somebody with his skill and class mm. in in the middle. I think as just back to the Davis War thing, you can see the effect, boys, of them not even being in the side. Mm. In terms of may not be the captains or in the leadership group, but that just level headedness that Phil Davis brings to that back six and. You know, that, that'd be the poise that Ward can bring to the midfield or forwards uh, set up wherever he goes. But let's talk about some good things from the Giants. Josh Kelly, boys, back looking in some really good form. 24 touches, 707 metres gained. Cat. Jeez. Bloody outstanding. That's massive. He's, uh, he makes a difference when he's in Kelly, as long as he can put some games together, which you'd hope he does uh, finally. But we were talking <coughs> about this other guy off air before we started, boys. Tom Green. <laughs> Had an enormous performance in this game. He really showed, uh, I think, why the Giants drafted him and wanted to get him so early. That 21 contested possessions, especially off of 30 disposals, is insane for a 19-year-old kid to be doing in the midfield group. How, how, how does no one? How does no one put a bid for him until until pick 10? I don't know. Scared, uh, well, we were, do we not remember last year how? In all the phantom drafts, I swear I saw Green going about three or four. Yeah. And he, somehow he... he managed to get his way down to pick nine or so, or pick eight. 
pick mm. pick ten, I think it was. Pick ten. He, he, he would he would he would he would have been he if we, if we scrapped all the academy stuff right now, he'd be he'd be a top three pick. Somebody would have picked him up, top three. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a fair call. I think um, some other guys that played well. I thought Zach Williams was good. Boys, he's really been working hard forward of the ball recently. Got the end of a couple of two goals from his gut running, and Brett Daniels probably yeah, his best three game. Goals from him. Three goals will go of the year. Yeah. <laughs> all, all those goals were amazing, and they were just so unique in their own little way. And he's a, he's a, he's a fine player, Brent Daniels, and it, and we've we've had we've had our um our gripes with him in in the past, uh, Miller. But um, mm. oh look, he that was definitely one of his best games. So he continued. Like we're not expecting a Jeff Farmer magic week in week out from him, but um, if if we can if we can get something like that, you know, where he crumbs the packs well and he's um in all the dangerous spots a bit more, I think he's going to be a love. He's going to be a lovely player for them. Yeah, I think so as well. And Toby Green boys missed his three gettable chances. A guy he'd pencil in most of those shots. So if he would have got them, they probably would have won. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned before Jack Buckley. We think they found a player in there. Really, yeah, great guy. debut oh, from him. I didn't even realize how much he can he can play across every area of the ground. I reckon Buckley. He's yeah, he he looks big, like big big for his, back. A one ninety four centimeters. He's listed as a midfielder, so I reckon he was drafted to play as a sort of uh, oversized mid. But he was reckon, playing down I, in the back line, had seven intercept possessions down there, drifted forward, good. didn't quite hit the scoreboard, but he looks like he could if he was ahead of the ball, <laughs> leading for it. I, I, I reckon. So. I reckon there's a bit of Peter Bell calculations about that. I, he, there is no <laughs> way he is 194. I reckon he's at 198. Here, mate. That is what <laughs> I reckon he, he looks he looks more like a 200 centimeter plus player than 194. Oh. I mean, I look, the man's only 22. He could have had a growth spurt since he was drafted. <laughs> Significance <laughs> that they measured him correctly. They just measured his dandy long legs instead of his whole body. His legs are 194 centimeters. He's a long boy, but. He's Some guys boy. that shouldn't be on the list for very long. Sam J. Reid, having the six touches, didn't offer much. Hey, sure, boys. Obviously not what he was playing as a lockdown this year. Only the five touches, not quite good enough from mine. He will go quiet as well, Doc, with the five. And Shane Mumford, this is the problem as well with the Giants. Max Gorn is an elite ruckman. And Shane Mumford shouldn't be in this 22. He shouldn't be on the list. He should have given it away a couple of years ago. He's trying his best. Um, it's not very good. They need someone. They need a bit of, bit of youth, a bit <laughs> of something. Trying, he's um, trying his best and it's not very good. Where's well, the, young, the young man, Alex Miller? We talk about him a lot. Mr. Briggs. Where Mr. is Briggs. he? Briggs. Can't get a game. Cannot get, get a him. game, boys. Oh, get, oh, if, I'm, if I'm Kieran Briggs, I'd be, I'd be uh, looking for the next plane out of GWS right now. <clears> well, the I Giants... don't know how you justify with a year like this where they've been up and down the Giants, haven't looked like they're going to be cracking finals. How you don't decide at what point who Shane Mumford, who's probably in his last year, uh, has to make way for your young, promising Ruckman. I just don't understand it. No, it, it is confusing for sure. And I think Richmond, oh, GWS and the Dogs are <coughs> targeting Callum Coleman-Jones. But from what I've heard, Callum will be lucky to stay on a list. So I don't know what's going to happen with uh, the Ruck stocks, but South Jacobs hasn't worked out. Matt DeBoer in his 200th game. Did what he thought he'd do. Uh, nothing. So that's good. Um, I think, I think you know, they had, they had a lot to work on. But let's talk about boys. Some positives. Some positives here. Yeah, look, we haven't, we haven't discussed the Ds very much uh, so far. But Petrarca was pretty much on his, uh, on his form still. 22 touches and a goal. 19 uh, contested possessions. 19 contested possessions as well. That is huge. Probably a bit wasteful. 
uh, with the footy at times. Only the 41% disposal efficiency, which what is not Trent? his best. Trent, yes. Oh, our boy. Little running rivers. Little, little rivers. He had uh, probably his best game for the year. And it was another one who was a bit unlikely or unlucky to not get the Rising Star nomination. Two, two goals and 16 touches. Very, very strong performance from him. He came well, alive in that second half, boys. I mean, after Mumford uh, clobbered him in that, uh, <laughs> that third quarter, uh, another reason why he shouldn't get another game, because uh, he's a dirty, dirty sniper off the ball. Um, but Rivers, Rivers, compo- Rivers' composure after that, after that hit was out- outstanding. And that, and that goal in the last quarter, boys. Oh, I, t- I tell you what, boys, you, you, you could not have found me more. Doesn't get more, any better than that, champion. Does not get any better than that. <laughs> Oscar Baker's shown himself to be a handy little goal sneak too. Finally, he's back. I've been asking all season where my young little <laughs> ginger rocket has been, and he's back in the team. Two amazing goals as well. He a ginger rocket. <laughs> uh, he was fantastic, I thought. And I, I thought as well, just... Uh, Christian Salem and Stephen May. Stephen May in particular did an amazing job on Cameron. And Salem's proving time and time again while he's so consistent, rebounding defender. And he, he was bloody good. And Will May you know, be All-Australian, gentlemen? I was going to say, I'd, I'd say so. He's been outstanding this year. It, de- it depends on whether or not Melbourne make the finals. If he makes mm. the finals, yes. He makes the squad at the very least for mine. Yeah, if he, if he, yeah he'll, he'll at least get in the squad, but... Uh, if he if he get if Melbourne get in the finals, then he deserves a spot. Yeah, he's been, he's been a man's role on um Haynes. I thought I, he was really good, Doc. He was outstanding, Bailey Fritch. And look, the the stats weren't reflecting. He only had no. he only had eight disposals, and well, Haynes muscles. only had ten in the end. So yeah, uh, probably the it, lowest disposal count I've seen for Haynes all year. Yeah, he, he kept Haynes very accountable, and I think that's what you need to do to try and break this GWS team because Nick Haynes is best Nick Haynes's best footy is when he's allowed to fly up for the contest and Bailey Fritch denied him a lot of that because he was still he was running and leading and providing options everywhere. Yeah. Didn't didn't get as much of the football as he would have liked, but he should be commended for a, a, a good job mm. nonetheless. What about what about Ed Langdon boys? Oh. I've uh, I've I've been <laughs> a critic of his I've been a critic of his this year, uh, for his disposal efficiency and and look, it's probably befitting of a Melbourne team that couldn't kick to save their life. But <laughs> I, I think his his running on Saturday night was absolutely outstanding, boys. He had he had twenty three disposals, nine marks. Still, uh, he he went at about fifty odd percent for memory. Yeah, fifty seven. Yeah, fifty seven percent. But I think he he provided he provided a lot of run and carry coming out of half back. And from and for me, that that's about as valuable as it gets for 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 somebody who was brought into the team. He looked yeah, like he was well, playing as well as he ever did at Frio uh, against the Giants, which is fantastic signs for him. Because it seems like he struggled a little bit to adapt to the Ds uh, this year, but I think he's getting there. He had the uh, third most <coughs> metres gained on the ground, and he just covers that wing area so well. Like you mentioned, Kat, we saw it at Frio. He just he goes from the back 50 to the forward 50, and then as soon, mm. as, it, as, soon as the shot's kicked, he's working right back up the other end, and He's got a tank and a half, and he's probably been one of the top wingmen this year in terms of consistency. So he'd have to be pretty... one of the fittest blokes in the league as well. The amount he runs, <laughs> you'd say so. Just quickly on the team stats before we get to our last game, boys. Pretty even across the board. Except the inside fifties, fifty-two to thirty-nine in GWS's favour. But they just couldn't get any scoring consistency as well. And um, I think the biggest thing as well, like the turnovers in this game, was high. 
and it was hard to set up defensively. But the Giants, um, I don't know, boys. They, they, I think they need they need a prime ruckman. I think they need to sort out, you know, who's staying and who's going. As soon as this season's done, they can't let it boil. I think over that'll be the until... number one priority. You cannot yeah. let it stew, cat, until the trade period. As soon as round eighteen is finished, um, that following yep. Monday, all the appropriate staff and players need to be meeting straight away because the longer this stew is in the pot, the disgusting air it's going to taste, and it's going to be Leon Cameron's <laughs> job that will be on the line eventually. And I think they'd be regretting boys signing a two-year extension without possibly making the finals. So. Yeah, who knows yeah. what's the comfort? But that, that, that's that's a very staggering decision to sign him that to re-sign him that early, considering mm-hmm. the fact that they're still you know, they were in the grand final last year, and as and they were and they played some really good football last year, and how how, how they've fallen so far is you know, is mind-boggling mm-hmm. to mine. Uh, just quickly before we go, I, I just want to quickly highlight some of the other younger days in here. Uh, Joel Smith did a good job on um, Jezza Cameron. I thought for for the most part, Charlie Spargo, your mate Alex Miller, he had two goals. Uh, look looked very lively and set up a few others. No um, mate of mine. Oh, we, I know you love him a lot. Um, <laughs> He's a pain in the ass. <laughs> and 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 Pickett, boys, he kicked one one goal three, and from fifteen touches, he looked so lively around around the forward line. And if it, you missed missed a few easy shots, and you know, imagine how good he he can be once he tidies yeah. up. Once he tidies up in his goal kicking, he's going to be a. He's got the an, spark, Cozzy. He's, he's going to be a freak to watch. Let's move on to the Gold Coast and Collingwood game. It was yes. Monday at, night footy. The Gabba. At the Gabba. Uh, it was 6 10, 68, uh, defeating Gold Coast 6. Oh, sorry, 8 10. 68, That's 10, defeating Gold Coast. That would, 6, 10, 46. That would be 10, 8, 68. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 10, 8. I like to read the numbers back to front. Uh, a Miller, three votes. The highlight is Jordan Dugowie, boys. Absolute star in the competition. Great to see him back. Four goals on debut. But the most important like thing is... That's the thing, Kat. He is so important to this forward line, this team, and they just look a different unit. And now... Come September, Pye's going to be a force to be reckoned with if Geordie's running around down there. Yeah, I think absolutely. We've seen Jordan Dugowie in the games he's played this year. He hasn't played many, but uh, the games that he has played, he has been just such a, a, a wrecking a wrecking ball up forward. You know, he's kicked bad for four and five. You know, we we remember we, we still remember the um the game against Geelong up mm. in Perth where he kicked I think it was five he kicked five goals and most of them came in that second half when the game was on. When the game was still in the balance. Well, so, how's that? Right, even though, even seven, though he oh, missed, oh, uh, what was it, like ten weeks or something between games, uh, right. he's kicked. He's kicked nine in his last two, which is phenomenal. Pies be lucky to kick nine a week uh, sometimes. <laughs> so, as well, uh, another boy who was great from the Pies, Mason Cox, guys. Obviously, a lot of scrutiny over his performances this year, but. You know, you look at the stats. The two goals is uh, is very good. The eight touches and seven marks, but. The things that don't show up, Kat, the, the contest. Mm. Every contest he got to, he made an impact. And that's what the Collingwood fans and I suppose the coaching staff will be demanding all year. He, he was just sensational. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought you always get a little bit excited when uh, Mason decides to take the game on. And unfortunately for poor Caleb Graham, he uh, took a bounce on him, ran around him and slotted it from about 40 out. I don't think, I, I don't think I've seen a straighter kick from, uh, from that far out on the run. Mason just absolutely nailed it. 
that, that's... <laughs> He 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 is um, a very polarizing player to watch, Mason Cox. He either, <laughs> he, either, he either does um, unbelievable things or he just does nothing at all. And it, uh, I, I want to see more of those, more of those unbelievable things because when he when he's on, he's he's actually really good to watch. And I know you hate it when I bring it up, Alex uh, Miller, but <laughs> the, uh, the 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 prelim from a couple of years ago was it, oh, is, was, um, <laughs> was 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 the stuff of dreams and. Uh, un- unless unless you're a Richmond supporter, of course. Uh, but you know, I just want to see more of that. You know, just uh, attack attacking the footy, and and you know, you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna catch them all like like he did on that night. But if yeah, you, uh, like the, the 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 least you could do is bring the ball to ground and don't let the opposition take a mark on you. And and that's and that, and, that's exactly just, what he did. Just the the big coxie. Everyone says talks about that game, but. Can't he have another game where he was sort of that good? Like, God, he's got, he's he sort of peaked at about uh, nine a.m. on a boys' night out. He sort of peaked at it bit early in what's going on there. So, um, Chalor boys, another guy who was great to see back. Twenty-six touches. I talked about it. His ball use stock, uh, something that you've been a critic, of, we've all been a critic of, really cleaned up in a sloppy condition game. Yeah, that that, that was that was probably the, the probably one of the most surprising things. Really, was watching. Adam Trelaw actually used the ball well because everyone, like, <laughs> we, we 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 all love what he, what he does in in the middle and, but yeah, it's been the one knock in his game for for years now, and that's his his ball use, particularly mm. by foot. So it is good. It is good to see him clean that up. I think he would have been working on that uh, whilst whilst he was um, resting up from that from that injury. But uh, yeah, very very good from him. What about our, what about our Isaac Quainall boys? Um, Yes, we, we talked about a, a few a few young lads uh, stiff the Rising Star nomination this week, but it's hard to argue that Quainall didn't deserve it just as much. Uh, he had 17 disposals, seven marks, and uh, four. That was five five rebound fifties as well, and two tackles. Seven, so seven intercept possessions at 88. percent I was going to mention him if you didn't, Doc, but I love <laughs> this kid. He's one of my absolute favourites uh, at the moment. And I, I, I said it a million times, but I'll keep on saying it. He does not waste a kick, young Isaac. Uh, he absolutely spots up his man every single time. And he's, he's uh, got good depth, Cat, in terms of he can, he can pull a 40-metre kick straight down the mm. ground or he can do a 25-metre 20, chiseler. He's just so He'd have to be one of the best field kicks in the comp, especially for his age. Uh, and I can I see say... a future for him up on the wing because you want that guy kicking into your yes. forward line. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. I think as well, uh, Jack Chris, boys, in his 150th. Congratulations to him. A beautiful goal he kicked um, and 23 touches. He was outstanding. Dacos built on a massive season that he's had. Uh, Elliot's been good in the midfield mix. He had the 16 touches, six tackles. And a guy that I thought probably went a bit underrated, boys, uh, Hoskin Elliot. He's, he's moved back forward. He looks so much better. He took the nine marks. Um, Where was he beforehand? He was, on, he was playing in the midfield and on the wing. And Yeah, I didn't understand that. I don't understand that either, but he, he looks at home, Cat, because we've talked about Hoskin's marking ability for someone his size. He's got the long, lanky arms, a good vertical leap, and he looked much more comfortable in the forward line. Yeah, absolutely. He offers a lot up there, um, Hoskin Elliott, and I don't know why the Pies are so uh, set on changing up this forward structure that's worked so much for the past couple of years. You know, let the guys who have been doing their job in there for the past couple of years stay there. You keep that group together, especially Stevenson going in and out of the team. I don't understand. Um, How can Travis Varco and Josh Thomas be getting a game over Jane Stevenson and Trey Roscoe? 
Two guys that are, I don't, I just don't know. I don't know either. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, anybody have an answer? It's, no. It's straight. I, I, I reckon Jaden Stevenson will be out of that club soon. Uh, if it's not, if it's not end of this year, it'll be next year because mm. he's too, he's too good of a player. Like, you know, he, he, he does have his deficiency. He does, he does drift in and out of games a lot. But his talent is too good not to be on this list, not, not to be in the 22. That's it's, true. You know, Definitely. We, we, we think back to his first year, um, boys, and it's, you know, he, he, absolutely, he absolutely came out of nowhere, you know, kicked bags of four and five goals quite a, quite a number of weeks. And he's, he's such a smart player and a good finish. And for him to not be in this team, in a, in a team that's, that's had a broken system of scoring this year, um, you know, it, it's it's strange. It's a really strange call. Um, it is strange. I suppose, yeah, it's been a strange season in general for the Pies. I, I just, before we get to the Gold Coast, I want to talk about a bit like Collingwood's game style, boys. It's concerning for me. I watched the whole game, and the biggest thing I've noticed with the Pies is when they get possession of the ball, they look to always turn backwards and go mm-hmm. back through either the center, their defensive square or even defensive 50 and then try and switch it out but the the meters gained is what what's going on you know Kellen Brown negative 42 meters gained and he was a guy that I kept looking at who kept he turned around and he he always turns backwards and runs the other way which is strange I thought Pendlebury was quiet in the first like he had no disposals in the first quarter I think yeah that was odd I don't know why I couldn't get his hands to the footy pendles very very bizarre but I reckon with that, yeah, what you're, what you're saying, Miller, with them always looking backwards, um, I think they're just sometimes they're scared to, to cut off that kick into the forward line and, you know, try and take the game on a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's because they've got, you know, they've got a lot of youth in the midfield group as well. But you'd think guys like Trelaw and Chris when he's running up the ground, um, Pendles, Adams would be willing to take those yeah. more dangerous kicks into the forward line, especially when you've got... They don't have, you know, it's not super short down there anymore. You've got Cox, Hoskin, Elliott, and Myocek that can all be leading up to the footy. Especially um, if you win it in the in the middle cap, which the Pies are capable of doing. But I think, the, yeah, it's just, you know, Chris 23, Noble 21, mm. uh, Quaynor 17, and Maynard 16, all defenders with high numbers. And I think maybe, maybe, maybe Bucks has realised that their defence is yeah. the strongest unit. And maybe they just want to play it a bit more safe. Maybe. And they were even I, saying it, the commentators were even saying it. Uh, I don't remember if it was in the Collingwood game, but how teams are going for the safe option first uh, pretty much every single time when you have yeah. to take the game on and you can't just leave it until the last quarter to start taking risks when everyone's already yeah. buggered. Yeah. No, it, 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 it's, a, it's almost a similar situation at the Dogs as well. And there'll be other clubs as well that, that try to do this. I mean, they, pl- they play... They're, they're, they're too centric of, you know, looking for the the best option. Like looking Are for, they looking like Geelong, Doc? Trying to uh, play that style. Yeah, look, it, it, it's, it seems to be a kind of problem. They're trying to find the perfect option. And, mm. and the perfect option is, you know, it's so, it's so narrow. A safe to, kick 40 metres backwards, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, no, they chip it, they chip it sideways trying to find that perfect option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it all, and it comes, and it comes out, just and and the and the bottom line is they end up turning the ball over and, and it gets mm. spilt the other way. You know, it's well it's we've seen stuff that mm. stuff that teams like Richmond thrive on. You know, that they allow they allow teams to get the footy, yeah, and and press and press. I think and force yeah. turnovers. 
that's why September, I think, sorry, Kat, just, yeah, but no just come September, I think that's why a possession game style, like I don't, you boys would have seen the, uh, the ga- this game that we watched and the, the, the grand final is going to be at the Gabba. It's going to be a six uh, or seven thirty game. Um, yeah, seven, it's it's so, going to be 7.30 here, but it starts 6.30 in Queensland. Cause it's so it's going to be dewy, right? And I think mm. a team like uh, West Coast and Geelong, if they play like they've played all year, are going to struggle. And teams like Port, Richmond, uh, the Bulldogs, uh, St Kilda and Collingwood, if they play those aggressive game styles, will thrive. And, um, you know, if any of those teams make it, we you know, have no idea who's going to make it yet. But I think... Um, it's showing that Queensland football is a, is a different beast in its own right, Cat. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. They've got to really adapt to the conditions. The Saints especially don't have the luxury of playing under the roof every single week. And I'm sure the other uh, Marvel tenants would be feeling it too. Um, but, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, with, with, like, the Eagles, for example, who play probably the strongest zone defence of anyone in the league, we've seen that that fast direct footy is the way to cut through that back line. You don't mm. give them a chance to set up. You don't give them a chance to get numbers back. And suddenly you're getting marks in your forward 50, which that's is right. what all the teams who've beaten the Eagles this year Correct. have managed to do. Well, that's, um, this might be just from observation, but Richmond and beat Geelong and West coast, uh, both teams that play zone defensive styles with the manic style. And, you know, obviously, maybe talking it up but Richmond probably are the best to do it but it, it, other teams can do it I think so mm. you know we'll oh, see yeah. what happens but but Abs- I, I don't ab- know absolutely I mean the dogs the dogs carved up West Coast yeah. own defense a couple of weeks ago and they probably should have beaten Geelong as well but but they they matched they matched them for the most part of that game so like I think it's 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 what you have to do to win the fl- win the flag this year I think you've got to you've got to be mm. really you've got to be really good once you, once you once you turn the ball over and and you've got to and you've got to move quick. So, History has proven time and time again that you can't just win a flag based on defence. Pretty much right. the only team that's done it in the past <laughs> twenty years was the Swans in two thousand and five. Uh-huh. So, Cross line, Fremantle, you suck. You gotta <laughs> gotta have that aggressiveness uh, as well. But let's talk about the Suns quickly yes. before we have to move on. <laughs> I was going to say we've got a bit sidetracked. Uh, Brandon um, Ellis, we were talking about off air, gentlemen, that he's added so much to this young Suns side. Uh, down in the back line. You can see the results of it with, you know, Powell and Bose. Uh, both were really strong in the back line this, uh, this game. Both of them 20, 20 touches or 21 touches each. Uh, oh, Weller too. Yeah, Weller too. He just, he just digs in week in, week out. Um, he's uh, worth that number two pick. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. Even just culturally for the Suns, uh, he's one of those guys that bleeds for the jumper. Already you can tell. Um, you need guys like that in your side. That's more valuable than draft picks. Mm. Oh yeah, Ab- absolutely. He's been such a such a good pick, and I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when you know both Lockie Weller and Andrew Brayshaw, who was that number two pick, um, mm. call it a day. You know, ten years, ten years or so down the track. You know, yeah. When we look at who who actually win, who actually wins this deal, it's it's hard to it's actually hard to find a loser. In, in they can both win. They, <laughs> it's a win-win trade. Who, like. like you know, you, I don't know who'd win more, but at the at, at the moment, you know, it, you'd be hard pressed to find a loser from that, from that deal because yeah, we, we we touched on Brayshaw last week. He's doing plenty of good things at Freo and Lockie Weller. He's just continuing to continuing to get stronger and stronger every season as as an outside player. And 
he's actually, he's actually once the thing that impresses me the most is he can actually win contested possession as well. He had 11, 11 of his 23 disposals were contested. Yeah, yeah, he's been playing more inside than a, than a winger this year, I think, has been the biggest thing. But I think the Suns would uh, rue this game, boys. A couple of missed opportunities. Sexton, I think, was good. He kicked three goals, but his three behinds were very gettable shots. He could have really had six or five at least. Uh, mm. Took Miller, missed an easy one in, in the first quarter to really give them a stretch. And uh, Nick Holman... Uh, he's the man to be mark. kicking himself the most. I think Stewie Jude would be kicking his head in. Um, marked it in the square and um, just played on bizarrely. And, you know, the Suns, there's no doubt they've improved this year, boys, and are a contender. Hopefully, you know, I love the Suns for a top eight spot next year. Um, I think so. The question will just be, I suppose, is consistency and being able to run out a game for four quarters, which you've seen them doing games this year. And I think another preseason with Nari Anderson, Matty Rowell, um, you know, if they can get Flanders some more midfield time, hopefully they'll be they'll be looking good. And uh, just quietly, Josh Corbett, the Corvette, as I like to call him, his <laughs> goal, boys. You love you love Josh Corbett. His Is goal from the boundary jock? line, the, uh, <laughs> the drop punt. The drop punt. He says, "Stuff stuff your banana up your ass." This is how you kick it properly. <laughs> Beautiful kick. <laughs> I tell you what, boy, he's got something because he's a good size. He can mark, he can play small, he can, he can do whatever he needs to do. And um... he's a confident player too. I reckon it takes it takes some serious guts to uh to see that angle from the boundary line and go, yep, yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna drop it right into my foot, easy as. Yeah. Well, that's how that's how it is. And um, I thought Witty boys just quite quickly uh, won the rough battle over Grundy this yep. time. Grundy yeah. was doing more. I thought he actually uh, looked a bit more to his best, doing more around the contest, had eight tackles. Um, but yeah, Witsy around the ground and in the ruck battle for sure. Uh, he still looks a bit tired, Grundy, though, I think. Yeah, the week off will do him well. Or maybe they even rest him uh, against Port, but probably not. You'd think they want to try and anyway, it. There's plenty anyway. of games others can to get Yes, to. we're going to run through the rest of the round. Uh, Friday night, Alex Miller was a very happy man, aside from when his team was in front of the goals. 7-15-57, defeating the <laughs> Cats 4-7-31. They should have won by so much more than that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we should have. Uh, Freo got over the ruse, absolutely smashed him 15-9-99 to 5-5-35. Reece Shaw's not happy. He's going to have all their, <laughs> all their heads on a platter, I think, uh, come next week. Another game that wasn't uh, didn't make me very happy. Uh, oh, yes. Don's absolutely smashed by the power, who are uh, on a good, in points. very good touch coming into finals. Yeah, <laughs> only 13. fifty points. Only yeah, fifty points. Worse. Eleven yeah, thirteen seventy nine to four five twenty nine. Uh, bit of a horrible affair. The Crows three in a row. Pencil them in for a fourth one this week. Ten Go twelve seventy two. Go the Crows. Eight eight fifty six was a fantastic effort from them. Uh, aside from that fourth quarter dropout, but they wouldn't worry about that too much. The Doggies secure, or have nearly secured themselves a final spot, getting over the Hawks, 11-10-76 to 6-4-40. And the final game, also in torrential monsoon conditions up in Cairns, 11-7-73, the Lions got over the Swans, 6-5-41, and are still in the running for finishing first on the ladder. Just depend but- how the results fall this week. I've got a home final now, Brisbane. So I think that they, they've got to be in the box eight now, boys, for mine. They're, um... I'd be very concerned if they are playing the Tigers week one. The Tigers uh... seem to have their number. At the <laughs> yeah, gather so... as well, they'd have some flashbacks maybe docked to last year. But <laughs> oh. I think it's true. But 
I think the thing we're forgetting this year is that even though um, Brisbane and West Coast and Port technically have a home ground advantage, a lot of these teams have played more games at the Adelaide Oval, at the Gabba, mm. and at Perth. Geelong and Collingwood, obviously, in Perth. So I don't think there's a distinct home ground advantage for anyone really this year. They've got, they know what the conditions are like. They've played the ground a bit more. So, oh, it's going to be an exciting finals. Oh, yes. Very, very juicy. Oh, Bruce. <laughs> well, we have to move on to who's the man now. Obviously, our favourite or uh, best performing player from the week, Alex Miller. You've got a guy who's been very quiet this year and hasn't played very much this year, but he was up and about this week. He was up and about indeed. Jesse Hogan, boys. Fantastic. Again, we talked about the other week to see him back and good to see him get on the end of a couple this week. He uh, had the four goals uh, from his six touches, so very efficient goal to disposal ratio there. Four marks, three inside 50s and five score involvements. And he did everything right, Jesse. He's had a, he's had a tough season, obviously, uh, with the passing of his father. Then he had some health issues, uh, mental and physical stuff himself. So absolutely stoked to see him back, boys. And Playing some good footy. And I think Justin Longmuir and the boys, uh, when he kicked that first goal, please just punch. I saw Justin furiously clapping like an airman. So <laughs> good to see. And, you know, I said it time and time again, Freo boys in the 2021 season, well, they'll, they'll want this season to keep rolling the way they're playing, but they're in for a big 2021 campaign. So well done to Jesse and the Freo mob. Um, yeah, that's my man. Absolutely. Well done, mate. Doc? A man very close to your heart, so he's the man this week. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna talk talk about the Western Bulldogs because not the A three without talking about me talking <laughs> about me mob. Uh, could have easily given it to Marcus Bottom Pelly because he was dominant, but I thought Caleb Daniel boys. I thought he if if he if he is not in this All Australian twenty two at the end of the season, then he must be bloody stiff to miss out because watching him watching him run around at half back, he was just doing what he liked against this Hawthorne against this Hawthorne team. He had 28 disposals, 11 marks, your favourite stat, Miller. Um, along, along with uh, about, four, about four rebound 50s, he went at about he went at about 78% efficiency, which for a halfback is what you want. Uh, 21, uh, in, seven inside 50s, kicked a goal. It was a, it was a very nice goal too, boys. He <laughs> right, right after Tim O'Brien took a mark of the year contender, he looked in board and Caleb Daniel read it, read it better than anybody. He just plucked plucked it out from, from about two deep and just then ran, ran inside 50 and kicked the goal. He was literally taking the piss out, out of Hawthorne at that point. And, uh, How do you let that Caleb Daniel take 11 marks? It's a good question, Alex. He's the tallest man on the ground. Yeah, also eight intercepts as well. Um, as well. So, so a, lot of people, a lot of people credit Caleb Daniel as a... As a running, as a bit of a running man, but as an in, as an inset player, he's also very, very elite and a very mm. underrated stat for mine. So, look, how, how do you how do you let him tackle eleven marks? I don't know. Uh, the dogs like playing possession footy, so maybe that can contribute to it a little bit. But and you were playing Hawthorne, which is like the witch's hats, <laughs> brown and gold jersey. So yeah, it's a good yeah. man. I like that one, Doc. Yeah, well, well, yeah, they were brown and gold witch's hats for that first first half, but then I think they turned up because Clarko. Little rocket up, up the witch's hats at half time. And said half of you aren't going to be here next year if you don't start <laughs> playing for your careers. <laughs> there uh, it is. My, my yep. man for this week uh, is a guy who was probably very stiff to be uh, robbed of the Rising Star nomination, but that's all right. We'll still celebrate him here anyway. Lockie Scholl had one of, the great, one of the great first quarters I've ever seen. 
from a basically first-year player. Had about 12 touches and kicked his two goals both in the first quarter. Uh, and he finished as 24 for the game. Uh, I really liked him being released forward. Eight score involvements as well. Five inside 50s. He's been playing mostly down in the back line uh, this year, mm. young Scholl. But they've got plenty of options down there now with the likes of uh, McPherson playing well. Jordan Butts uh, debuted in there as well. So he was looking uh, looking very likely type in the back line. But God, he's, he's, he's run and carry up the wing on half forward. He's getting the ball into that forward line, which the Crows have kind of lacked a bit yeah. at times this year. A bit of that spark uh, running forward, especially with Wayne Miller up missing the entire year. So I think he's got a very, very good career ahead of him, young Lockie. And you'd think he'd be playing every game week in, week out uh, next year. Yes, yes. Yes, please. There's a lot of young crows in that team that are absolutely love, and Shell's one of them. That's a good call. Um, also, also Harry Schoenberg, boys. I think he's... The truck. Oh, he, he, is, he is looking like a likely lad every week. And I love <laughs> him. I love the way he goes about his footy. We can shout <laughs> out the got... entire crows side if we wanted to, but... We do He's got something about him. I like Shoal. Very, very good pick. Cat. We've got, we've got Go a lot of news. A lot of news this week. Uh, a lot to crack into. The first one you've, we've got written down here. Uh, so the finals obviously coming up. The Vic clubs cannot be playing in Victoria uh, just like the rest of the year. So they will be able to nominate uh, the ground they will be playing their home finals at, uh, which I think will be interesting I personally would not think that most of them would be wanting to leave Queensland at this stage. They've been uh, up there for a few weeks. But the Saints we saw earlier in the year uh, played really, really well at Adelaide Oval, took down mm. Port there. So maybe they, I could see them wanting to play some home games there because it's the best venue that they've played at. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good call, actually. I wouldn't mind that one. But I think they, they, they've been based up in Queensland now for um, a large portion of the season. So... I could probably you couldn't avoid flying. How yeah. would that be though, Cat? That would be a curveball if they sent another big team like Collingwood or the Dogs with them to yeah. Adelaide Oval to play a final. That would be a sight uh, to see <laughs> for sure. But I think, yeah, most teams would nominate Metricon and Gabby, you'd assume. Uh, um, I, I, I think if the Dogs play finals, they'll, they'll nominate uh, Metricon because they've been playing there pretty much all season. And, you know, why, why stop? Yeah, very true. Uh, we've got some big retirement news uh, throughout the week. We saw Bryce Gibbs uh, play his last game against the Blues and get cheered off by uh, Cade Simpson and Mark Murphy, which is a lovely little gesture. Except uh, Kane Corns says he doesn't want to see that, Cat. Except yeah, Kane Corns doesn't like it, apparently. <laughs> Caro Ka- 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 also had some, uh, some, some things to say the other night as well about it. Uh, yeah, of course. Well, we have someone to say to them and get a grip, I reckon. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Footy. He was a the Blues for God knows how long, 13 seasons or whatever. He was a star of the club. Good mates with I, those guys. Um, I, I, I don't think Kane Corns actually understands the concept of mates. I know. I yeah, just... not just not just his, his mates, not just his best mates, his groomsmen at his wedding. So safe to say that uh, Kane can piss off. <laughs> there it <Yeah>. is. <laughs> uh, but we've got a few other retirements from That's uh, one, of, one of his worst takes of all time. <laughs> ben, ben Stratton and Paul Foppolo both retiring from the Hawks. Uh, three-time Premiership stars. Uh, obviously, both of them probably not playing at their best form this year. But someone was going to have to make way for the Hawks with Isaac Smith signing and uh, Isaac Smith and and Sean Burgoyne both signing on for 2021. Stratton's um, an interesting one though. Stratton. 
Stratton's an interesting. Like we, we've talked about him being a poor choice as Hawthorne captain this uh, the last couple of years, but you know, uh, uh, maybe it is the right call. But for for mine, he's still. I reckon. How old is he? He's about. I think he's thirty. He'd be about thirty-two. Uh, hang on, I, I will. I will have. I will have. I am. Uh, I was furious to find out Ben Stratton retired. I think. Um, <laughs> I don't really get it. What he's been captain now for oh, two years. Because he should have been delisted. Well, I, I don't really get it. <laughs> I don't get it, Kat. I don't get why appoint somebody a captain if they're going to be there for maybe two years. Uh, yeah, I don't. Sometimes sense. you have those transitionary leaders who just kind of take over for a couple yeah, of years. It looks like it's worked well down there. For yeah, um, I think <laughs> thirty-one. Ben, ben Stratton is, 31. by the way. I think James Sisley would be the prime candidate for the next one and um, captain. But yeah, credit to Stratton and Poppy. I'd Great give, careers. I'd give it to Shields. For mine, Sicily is still a bit. I, I don't like. I don't like his hot headedness. Uh, Tom I think, Mitchell or Sicily or Amira. Um, uh, um, Tom Tom Mitchell can not get the captaincy. As I think as Mitchell's a bit too understated to be a strong captain. Very quiet bloke. Yeah. He's a Brownlow medalist. He's mean? a Brownlow medalist, but not everyone has what it takes to be a leader. Uh, I know. He's not the most vocal joking. bloke out there, so. I wouldn't, trust, yeah. I wouldn't trust Tom Mitchell walking my dogs up the hill, let alone captain in my football club <laughs> at this stage. So I think, um, yeah, credit to those guys. Great career. And Kate some Cat. Wow. Mm, yes. Simo is as well going to be retiring at the ripe old age of 36. Looks like he could still play another two years the way he's traveling, but. Uh, looks like he hasn't eaten in three years. <laughs> I think he probably needed to, probably has slimmed down the past couple of years, Simo, just to keep playing. Bit, bit, bit on the set of Castaway, has he, Alex? Has he, Miller? <laughs> Penny Cripps has been eating his lunch and dinner meals in the hub setup and hasn't <laughs> given Kate a sniff of anything. Except, but yeah, um, one of the one of the five players in the three hundred club at the Blues, so he'll be remembered, remembered by all Carlton supporters for uh, years to come. I can <laughs> say I haven't uh, haven't remembered footy or haven't seen footy without Simo no. really. He's debuted <laughs> in two thousand and two. And uh, the earliest I can remember watching the footy is about 2003. So yep. it's pretty much been a constant in that Carlton side my entire life. It's pretty really weird, isn't it, Cap? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, a quick, just a quick one, boys. Where do you see uh, Kate Simpson in terms of being one of the greatest blues of the modern era? Oh, he'd have oh, to be up, up there. there. Just three, in, terms of, in terms of consistency and, you know, he never. I, I think you knew week in, week out what uh, Simo was going to give you in the back line and he'd probably never disappoint you. Better than Mark Murphy for mine. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'd I, have I, him above Murph uh, in terms I, of. I agree. Yeah. And Dennis Armfield probably just above. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just is. above, eh? And for the bombers, <laughs> for the bombers, Big Bell Chambers has finally called time on his career. Finally. Just, just said that he's. <laughs> I think we were expecting it all year. Uh, he even said it himself that he could feel it in his body that he was done and couldn't go another year. Um, I think he, I think he was done for the last two years, mate. Oh, I don't know why. Right. I don't know why. I don't know why, why this year. Look, I reckon. If, you, I reckon if Draper, if Draper had debuted last year, I reckon Belcher would have hung it up uh, then. But yeah, it's you know he's been around for a long time. Belcher, thirteen years for the club, one of the players that came back after the uh, suspensions and the whole supplement saga. So you can never fault his loyalty uh, to the club. He's been a good servant, Belcher. Um, I'll, I'll miss seeing him out there, but uh, very good hands uh, in the ruck with Draper for the next yeah. <laughs> 15 years to come. So very I think we'll stuff. be right. 
Yeah, oh, I didn't yeah. mind Belcher, but time to give it away. Uh, Elijah Taylor, boys, obviously his uh, hub issue that he had with his partner, he's been uh, sent to, well, he's going to court now on correct, Correction, correction, then partner, because now they're not seeing each other now. Yes, I uh, hope not. After, obviously, there were rumours and talks about him assaulting his partner and obviously they've split and he's been charged. So the Swans have stood him down, which I've been politely informed by the boys here, means that uh, they will just probably support him till he goes to court and then once he's in court, piss him off and uh, leave him to his own devices. But as we said, doesn't matter how good you are, how old you are, there's no need and no place for that anywhere in society at the moment. No. It's, no. it's a shame that he's done that, so... We move on. Uh, Jack Graham, linked with the Blues, but obviously uh, the salary thing could be an issue, boys. Zach Williams, obviously the prime target, you'd think, Carlton. I don't understand why um, Jack Graham is linked to the Blues. I don't need any more inside midfielders for mine. I think they're still well-stocked well in that respect. I mean, a, a guy like Williams makes sense because he, he can run and mm. he can run a path back the wings and even pinch it in the middle if he needs to, but I think if you bring in Williams, you'd want, you'd want him more outside than in. I think, I think for a guy like uh, Graham, they don't really have many of those, you know, rough and tumble sort of will give you those seven or eight tackles every single game. They thought, so maybe they're seeing that they're lacking a bit of grit inside and could do with a guy like him. I think they thought Kennedy was going to be that guy, uh, mm. Cat, when he came from GWS, but it's turning into more of a forward. They could play Graham as a forward as well. He's such a reliable set shot. Good player, but yeah, I, I don't think he'll go anywhere. I think, um, as I said before, he should be our next captain, and um, I'd be pretty unpleased if they let him go anywhere. Um, so, yeah, <clears throat> Alex Doherty as well told me that Natalia Cockatoo, the uh, bird man, has been linked with Brisbane yeah, uh, on a multi year deal. Yeah, I hope well, the, the magical yeah. Brisbane doctors will get him up and running again. They've done yeah. it to Link McCarthy, they can do it to him. And Mark yeah, Sadams. So Sadams. Sadams. Oh, well, no, well, they haven't done anything, Mark Sadams. He's still not playing. He's still so in the test chamber. He's still <laughs> his, his robotic he, legs being put in. He's still in the Footscray Medical Ward, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, I, I think if, if, if anybody can get a guy like Natasha, who obviously has a mountain of potential, mm. I think if, any, if anybody can get him up and running, he can, he can be the lion. So I'm, I'm, hoping that, I'm hoping that gets done. Yeah, Archie's another one, Cat, that uh, Brisbane have saved his yeah. career. The doctors, um, the doctors there just have some have some magic going on in those rooms. They put oh. the magic sponge as they would have in the soccer league, and they just <laughs> rub it on the player, and he turns into a vicious AFL player. All, all, uh, all, two they, guys all, are, all they need is a little bit of sunshine, boys. I'm telling <laughs> you, <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of water from Chris Vegas, and the plants will grow. Uh, two guys that are not fit: uh, Ivan Soldo and Tope McLean, both doing their ACLs. Uh, Soto obviously doing it after being uh, Noah Bolt was pushed into him by Tom Hawkins and landed on his leg. And then Tony McLean got caught in a tackle and tragically after kicking a beautiful first goal, uh, he's gone. So they'll both miss probably most of 2021, if not all of it, you'd assume. Mm. Yeah, you'd think um, so. Very sad for McLean. He was finding his form again, which is yeah. quite unfortunate for him. Alex Docky is very upset. I am very upset. I'm also upset for Soldo um, Miller. I, 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 like, I love him. He just looks like a, a really likely bloke. It was tough. It was really tough to say that. But I think Dan Curtis, he's got a point to prove, boys, as well, that he, he mm. can, no disrespect to Solo, but he can be the number one ruck. And yes. Oh, yeah. To, to see what they do with that. Also, Tom Lynch, obviously, did his hamstring. Um, 
in the Geelong game and he could be gone between uh, 17 to 21 days. So it could be a three-week hamstring. So or it could well, be very a grinding turnaround. Very figures there. Um, well, that's what the medicos have said out of <laughs> Tigerland. Um, yes. So he could be back week one of finals or he could miss it. So either way, mm. it'll be interesting. And Cor, as we've said, boys, he's now officially nominated Victoria. North of the suitors, uh, looking like a four-year deal will be penciled in. Jeremy yeah, Howe. They can have him. <laughs> they can <laughs> have him. Jeremy Howe, uh, Buckley said he's less than likely to play come finals, so that could be a huge blow. Um, Gary Ablett, Shane Edwards, and Dan Henry all could be re- all t- returned back to their teams this week, boys. They're all training in the hub setups there, which is good news. And mm. Henry got a test on his hammy. So, but Gary Ablett and Titch will both play you'd assume this week. I think Hanabry, that would be huge for the Saints uh, for mm. him to come back finals time. Oh, yeah. I'd give them more of a shot if he's back in. Oh, well, you think he'd come back in the fold indeed. Uh, Tom Curley. Tom Curley Fries. As we like Tom Curley Fries, as I like to call him, with his bald head. Um, <laughs> and Ryan Burton, both one to two weeks away with the hamstring and quad respectively. Gresham's been fully ruled out, boys, after we talked about other week with his back issues. He won't play at all. Terrible season for him. Interrupted injuries galore. Um, Elliot Yo, Jack Redden, and Jerry McGovern—all two week to three weeks away with their hamstring um, quad for on oh no, a thumb for Redden, and uh, I think it was a groin for Elliot Yo. Shewin, Shewin, and Sheed have tests this week, so they might play or they might rest them again. And the best news, I think, is uh, Captain Star Easternwood Doc is set to return. You, ex-captain, ex-captain. ex-captain. The Bont is now uh, captain. But yeah, but yes, that is this week. That is wonderful news because he, he's, he's still a very important player for us at Eastern Wood. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many intercept marks he takes uh, each week. Uh, I think his his he's still he's got a lot of leadership qualities that I think helps helps organise the troops in that back six. I think it's actually really good news that all these final sides are getting getting their best players back in. Uh, yes. It's going to make for a very, very entertaining final series with everyone at full strength. But we do very move good. on to move our favourite new Boys. segment, Unrosy. This week, we're not taking a crack at uh, any clubs in particular. We're actually taking a crack at the AFL. I, want, I wanted to have a crack at your mob, cat, but... Uh... <laughs> no, not this week. Not this week. They get away with it this week. Um, but yes, the AFL and the rules uh, committee in particular, who Alex Miller, me and you were talking about it on the weekend, uh, that holding the ball has absolutely gone to crap, especially, especially in the past few weeks. How many times we see players getting away with... Uh, with throws, uh, incorrect disposals, when they've got more than enough prior opportunity uh, or have their hands free and just drop the footy. Uh, I don't know what has to be done to make the interpretation of the rule correct. Clearly the umpires don't know either because they have no idea what to pay. I think some clarity uh, would just be the key. But like you said, the the games where... Uh, they weren't calling it either way. So it's not like one team was getting benefited, mm. but there were plenty of hole in the balls. The thing that they've been calling more now is either when you tackle someone and you should be holding the ball, but eventually either you get in the back or it slips high for a high tackle, which is, I'm not really getting that, um, that interpretation either what's going on with that lingo. And then lots of throws going as well around doc, a lot of throwing. Yeah. Look, I, I, I don't know. I know you've only just joined uh, the Twitter sphere, Alex Miller, but I know I know you, Cat, would have been uh, familiar with that. 
uh, one of our favourites in the media circles, Andy Ma, yes. getting on the horn about um, AFL players uh, incorrectly disposing of the footy. And I think he, I think he was onto it quicker than anybody else, uh, Andrew, because that's he's the the amount of throw, I'll give you an example. The amount of throws that have been that have gotten what that have been got get, yeah. the amount of throws that they've thrown and managed to get away with is um it's it's a, it's astounding. Uh, that Melbourne GWS game, for example, I think Jake Melksham got away with um, incorrect disposal at least three times. Yes. One of them, the most the one of them, the most blatantly obvious um, <laughs> throw that you would ever see. He got ta- he got tackled and literally threw it over his shoulder. Basically, right in front of the umpire too. Yeah, the umpire right in front that. of me. <laughs> and the was right there. Oh, it's it, it, it's just it's disgusting. I mean, what 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 is <laughs> what 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 is going what is going on here? I mean, I, I, I understand like, like, I, I get that the umpire can only call what he says, but now it's, now it's just getting to the point where it's ridiculous. It's, it is, it's, oh, I don't know. I don't it's know. Almost it's almost as there. if I think they're giving them too much to think about yeah. at times. Cause they've got to, you know, with the way the holding the ball interpretation is, they have to think about, did he have prior? Uh, are his arms free? Um, you know, has the ball been knocked out? Is it a dangerous tackle? Is it, is it is a dangerous it, tackle? Is it just high? simplify is it... it? Jesus. There's yeah, so but... many so many rules. And I imagine for some of the umpires, they probably just freeze up and there's so many yeah. things going on that they don't even know which ones pay. It's yeah. it's not actually the umpire's fault, really. Like, it's, no, it's, it's, the, more... it's, the, it's definitely the rules committee and the AFL and Steve Hocking and all the people who are involved with you know, directing the umpires who are telling them too many things to, I think, focus on and look out yeah. for. Um, yeah. Where if you just gave them the rule book at the start of the year, they'd probably all be paying it quite consistently uh, yeah. week in, week out. I, and, and you think back to, you know, even the 2000s boys when, you know, you know there, there were still a couple of dodgy calls here and there, but it wasn't as bad. You know, the, like the, the, mm. the rules that they had back in, in the 2000s, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't as, you know, extensive, quite as extensive. It's... You know, I think the worst thing is that back then rules were not changing in the middle of the right. seasons. Umpires are not yeah, being directed exactly. to interpret rules differently halfway through the year, which is only going to confuse them even more. I, I tell you what, I tell you what, I'd love to get a couple of the umpires on the podcast and, and, and get their <laughs> thoughts about this because, yeah. because like, I, I can't imagine what, what, what be going through their heads at the moment. Cause as you said, like, we, you know, I think Steve Hawking is the, the root problem of this issue. And the fact that the fact that he brings in about him, the AFL, they bring in about five or six different rules every year. It, yeah. it, 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 it has to take a toll on, on some of the, some of these, some of these arms. Cause you know, there are times where it, there is a blatant free kick should be paid, but the umpire is probably thinking something else. Like, like is this something else? Yeah. But you know, we won't, we don't know unless we'll, Unless we ask the arms, and I'd love to know what what the like what what goes through the heads of of guys like Razor Ray, God forbid, uh, you know Sean Ryan, you know, uh, that bloke Kennedy. Uh, well, I've heard there's yeah, a few they, umpires, a, bit... uh, a few umpires retiring uh, at the end of this year, so we might be able to get a few of them on the line. See how yeah, it would be. Yeah, it it, it would think... it would be good to hear. I think as well the deliberate out of the bands rule. I don't know why it's in the league anyway, but I just don't get sometimes. If you're the four, you can belt it 60 metres into your forward line with no intent to keep it in, to get a stoppage in your forward 50, and it's not deliberate. But if a defender did that, 
trying to get the ball clear, maybe to the wing or to half back. That's it. That's deliberate. And sometimes as well, the conditions, it's wet, it's slippery, it's dewy, and guys are shanking it or mishandling it. The uh, Essendon Port game, for example, I think Dylan Shield handballed it while he was tackled, spun in a tackle, handballed it over the line in the wet, and it was paid deliberate. And I just, I just don't get it. And I just, this, it's another one of those rules run. that has added another extra layer of interpretation for the umpires that probably just isn't necessary. Yeah, I don't know if any, other, if any other sport in the world has as many rules that rely on the umpire trying to figure out what the player was thinking when they did something to... Uh, I mean, yeah, it's the same for the, the deliberate ball. rush rule as well, I think, Kat, is that guys are now appealing. Every time a ball goes either over the boundary or through the point post, they're sticking their arms up like they've kicked a field goal <laughs> in the NFL. They're... They're just appealing all the time. And it's just, it's all just good. play the game. It's all yeah. good. Just play, just play the game and let, you know, take its course. If it's a free, it's a free. If it's not, it's not. Just put your arms down. What are you, bloody dickheads as far as I'm concerned? So <laughs> I think the players have to stop trying to umpire the game. So that's mm. all I've got to say about it. Yeah. Oh, can, can I also just add, boys, the, um, the, score, the score review system is still as big a fast. <laughs> it's still as big a fast now as it was last year. You know, even with all the even with all the extra bells and whistles, the the um you know the arc, all that nonsense, you know, I I would rather just them get rid of it altogether and just rely on goal umpires' instincts. The you problem know, is now, though, Doc. Every time right. there's a score, the umpires are just they just don't they always want to review. Just go with your gut. You're standing on the line, mate. You've got a better view than these cameras. <laughs> just yeah. I just don't get it. Th- that that that's it. That's it. You know, the, a big case in point was last week with Dog, Dogs Eagles when the Bont kicked that goal. It was fifty-five meters out, and, and McGovern got a handle on the line. You know, from one angle it looked like it was it was through. The other line looked like there was a bit of ball that was um that hadn't get across the line. You know, it's inconclusive. Half half of these half of these calls are inconclusive, and that and that, and I think that just stems from the fact that there's no that the the quality of some of these some of these shots are, are just shocking. You know, it's like yeah, I, I it's like you're recording recording videos with a to- it's like you're recording videos with a toaster. You know? <laughs> the technology is definitely just, not up to what they need. They need especially yeah, I, I would just, when they I slow it down rather, and it's looking like a bloody PowerPoint presentation. Uh, how right. hard can it be to get some cameras with a slightly higher frame rate so you can right. yeah. actually get that slow mo vision going? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, uh, this is why I just want to scrap all together. You know, it's not helping anything whatsoever. And I think the Snickers good. Yeah, look, Snickers helped this year, but it's still it's still a big problematic because it's it, we're still getting inconclusive results. I know that, but I, I understand sometimes where the umpires when there's like sixty thousand people on the goal line, but sometimes when they're by themselves, they they, they can't even call it so. I'm all for getting rid of the technology, but the umpires don't have any confidence. So, I think the only one that I think the only one that actually knows what he's doing is David Roden. Yeah, <laughs> and no one likes him because he's he his job. for some reason. <laughs> yeah, well, geez, well, you know, it, it is part of the problem with just people this year. And but don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> the human we'll race week. will be unrosy next week. But we've got tips. We've yes, got tips. tips. This week. Yeah. Uh, Doc actually uh, fin- getting one tip less than both myself and Miller, who managed to get seven out of nine. Doc on the six. So it's looking like Miller's lead is basically untouchable unless he gets zero and Doc has a perfect round. Uh, so that is 102 for Alex Miller, 93 for Alex Doherty, and 88 for myself uh, as a total. 
What are the now, chances that I tip all the outsiders this week? <laughs> don't do it. Don't, don't I, do tip, it. I tip the crop. <laughs> I tip Sydney. I tip Fremantle. I'll do it all. No, no, you won't. I tip North Melbourne tomorrow night. That's my that's my confidence. I was going to say, let's run through our tips for this week, gentlemen. A few mm. huge games, uh, but the first game of the round probably not going to be the biggest. North and the Eagles uh, at Metricon Stadium. I'd be tipping the Eagles to get it done pretty easily. Yeah, I, I would too. Um, I, I want to see North get the spoon this year because they absolutely deserve it. <laughs> so you're looking for an Eagles oh, smashing dear. here. Yep, and I'm looking for an, I'm looking for a, a crom win as well. Why is, the, why is the margin game on Monday this week? Uh, good um, question. Because because it probably would have been the first game that they did at the start of the year. Okay. Yeah. Well, North are seven dollars to win this game, so I'm going the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't put money on North this week. Friday night, we've got a huge, could possibly be a finals deciding mm. clash. It will be a finals deciding clash because. St Kilda win, they're in. If uh, GWS wins, St Kilda are out. And GWS would have to rely on a couple of other results, I think. Well, it's huge. But uh, at the Gabba, the Giants, as we know, not on their greatest form. The Saints went down to the Eagles last week. I don't know here, boys. I, I think I'm going to stick with the Saints, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants got over the line. Yeah, I, I think Does I'll... Does Camilio go... come in? Surely. Yeah, yeah, he comes in. He has, he has to. Surely. You, you, you don't miss him out two games in a row. They, they shouldn't have missed him out. They shouldn't have uh, left him out last week. But I'll, no. go the, I'll go the Saints. Yeah, I'll probably go the Saints as well. This is a good game. Oh, Hello. Good's a bit of an overstatement here. <laughs> uh, Saturday Arvo. Uh, my mob in their final hit out of the year. Thank God it's over. Uh, taking, on, <laughs> taking on the Ds. And the game that we missed at the start of the year, finally, round 18, they've decided to reschedule it for. So, How often do you say that, Cat, at the end of the year? Well, thank God it's over. Yeah. Every year, probably. <laughs> Look, not every year. Oh. Been a bit more optimistic the past few, but this one, definitely not, um, not my favourite. But uh, I think the Ds will beat us. I think they've got everything to win, everything to play for, and we've looked shambolic. How they, how they haven't pissed off John Worsfold is beyond me. <laughs> Finished him off. Well, if if Essendon was serious, they'd, they, they would have pissed him off you know, weeks ago. Um, I think Truck is all but in charge at the moment anyway, so I yeah. don't know if yeah, it matters. Oh. So, so what's the point of him being there? He's just there to pick up a paycheck and then head home. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Ds. Bombs are, bombs are terrible. I'm going Dons. I reckon they're going to win for Wusher in his final game. See him oh. off with a win. Don't give uh, me Kent's hope. not confident, but I, I've got a Don't give me hope. I've got a Bruin. All right. We've got our favourite team of the past three weeks, the Crows. <laughs> the Crows are taking on the Tigers at Adelaide Oval. I don't think I can actually... <laughs> our our favourite team against uh, Alex Miller's favourite team. <laughs> hey, exactly. We support the bloody club. <laughs> I don't think I can actually find it in me to tip the crows, so I'm going to go to the Tigers. Yeah. Yeah, look, my heart, want to pick, my heart wants to pick the crumb, but I, I, I can't. Um, I'll go to the Tigers. <laughs> my heart says crumb. My head says Richmond. I'm going to the Tigers. <laughs> Saturday night, uh, the Lions take on the Blues. They could be going for a, for a top of the ladder spot here, the Lions. I think they'll How shit are the done. Blues? <laughs> Very <laughs> quiet. That shit of the blues. Oh. So I guess I'm going to take yeah. that as you're not tipping the blues, then, Doc. 
Yeah, I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick the Lions by ten goals. Miller. Yeah, you'd say Brisbane Cat comfortably. Um, yeah, Calvin. Jeez. Jeez. That's what I'm gonna say. Uh, <laughs> Sunday, Arvo, I don't think you're going to get anyone from uh, South Australia heading on to this game. The Hawks and the Suns <laughs> do battle for, I guess, just to avoid the bottom four. Uh, and I think the Suns will do it. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think the Suns are in a better spot. Uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't discount Hawthorne, though. I mean, they've, they, they've played some sort of decent football the last couple of weeks, but probably just not consistent enough for mine. Yep. Uh, I'd say the they other... are consistent, consistently shit. Another game as well. <laughs> the other Sunday other game, we've got the Swans and the Cats. Uh, another dead rubber. The Cats should get it done easily, and I'm going to tip them. Yeah, look, you'd, you'd be hard pressed not to pick uh, Geelong, because uh, yes, yeah, Sydney, Sydney, Sydney sucks. Sydney actually. If John Marty plays, uh, then, yeah, then the Swans yeah. win. Yeah, the Swans a... win. He did, he did all right, Joel Marty, in his debut game. Like, I know. Yeah. He's a good mate of me and Cats. We know him from a Marty nation. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're on about there. <laughs> did, did, did you make up that just then? A Marty Marty, me and Cat were talking about him before he ever made his debut in, in the library, and uh, it was funny because <laughs> we had no idea who he was. And He's a mystery there, man. I was, was going to say, there, there was a photo uh, last year of uh, Joel Amati tucking in Will Gould into bed and reading him a bedtime story. <laughs> I think um, I'm tempted to tip Sydney. I don't know why, but Ooh. Geelong. I'm going to go Geelong. This is a danger game, Doc. Here come danger, the Dockers. Danger, danger, danger. The Dockers are almost the form team of the comp at the moment. Uh, uh, the dogs are very, very nervous here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to... Yeah, I, I thought you said the dogs are, are the danger, are the form two. Because I don't no, say the dockers, that. mate. We we couldn't even put away Hawthorne in that second half. Um, <laughs> I might actually tip the dockers here. I've got a feeling. Yeah, look, uh, look, I don't blame you. I uh, I am actually tempted to pick the dockers as well, but I, I will back my bobbin this week. If if we, if we want it, we'll win it. That's that, right. That's, I think that, uh, that's, that's plenty to play that, for. It, it's it's that simple. If we lose, we don't it's deserve to play. If we if we lose, we don't deserve to play finals, and that and that and that's probably indicative of our year because we're too hot and cold. But um, I will back our mob in because I think I, I I think they they want it. It's just a matter of how they're going to do it. Miller. Yeah, I'd, I'd say uh, as you mentioned, Cat Free are pretty uh, good in form, but yeah, I'd I'd go the Dogs just because they're playing for a final spot. But it's going to be a good game. Cannot wait for that one. And yeah, Monday that. night will also be a good clash. Uh, the Pies taking on the Power. Power need a win to secure their top spot. Pies need to win to secure a, a quote-unquote home final. Um, <laughs> but I think I'm going to tip the Pies. Oh. I'm going for it. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard a Collingwood supporter tell me that he's very confident that they'll, he'll thrash how poor Thrasher Well I don't not know sure. about thrashing them but... Not sure about that <laughs> what, what margin are you going Cap? I'm going to say 11 points I'm going to go I'm going to go Port by 21 points I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still not sold on the Pies I mean they, they've, they've improved in recent weeks But against, against better sides Like Port and Brisbane They'll, they'll be, they'll be they, won't, they won't be any good 
Mm. Yeah, I'm also going Port by 21 points as well. Great mind, sink alike. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the tips for next week, gentlemen. I believe that's all we have this week on the A3 Footy Podcast. Make sure you follow us on all our socials, A3 Footy Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at A3 Footy on Twitter. And, of course, there's always the email, a3footy at gmail.com. Uh, if you're a finals contending side, let us know. You're going to go all the way. I'm sure everyone thinks they are. But uh, how's your team going to do come finals? And if you're out of contention, uh, what were the positives and the negatives for <laughs> the year? I know as a Don supporter, all I'm going to think about is negatives, but there's always the young boys who've been playing amazingly. Uh, so. the, only, the, the only positive for your mob is Jordan Ridley and the fact that Wush is and gone Sam next Draper. year. Oh, yeah, and Draper. And the fact that Wush is yeah. gone too. Yes. <laughs> So make sure you let us know all those thoughts. A3footy at gmail.com Boys, anything to add before we close? Um, Just stay safe. Keep enjoying the footy. Finals are going to be exciting. So good luck to everyone's teams involved. Yes. Great, great season. Uh, It's been different. It's been weird, but we made it. So well done to all parties involved. (laughs) Yeah, well... Well, we've got we've got we've got some uh, we've got a special coming up soon, boys. Uh, we've we've been flirting the idea around in the uh, in in our offices at home that uh, we could do a best young team uh, yes. to go with to go with the all Australian team. So yes, I think as well, boys, we should have a look back on our season predictions uh, that we ran. Oh through. no, I, I, some I was, of those I, might be a bit shocking. I, I was I was actually listening. Back to our, our our 22 players we were most excited for at the start of the year, and a uh, couple a couple of ripping calls from you and I, uh, Miller, about our, about some of our own. <laughs> that, oh, have, that have aged that have aged like a fine wine. Well, I don't know <laughs> if I want to reflect on those too much because I'm sure I said some shocking things at the start of the year, as always. But <laughs> you're not Jared White. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, look, no, 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 nothing could be as bad as that. With with all that said, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. Uh, make sure you join us for all that and more to come in the lead up to the finals series. Uh, stay tuned for that and thanks for listening. Go the Crom. Go the Crom. Go the Crom. <laughs>